Dunkin's new wake-up go-tos mean you never have to choose between breakfast meats again. Now you can get a wake-up wrap with bacon and a wake-up wrap with sausage for $3. That's savory and sweet, crispy and spicy. It's everything you love about breakfast for $3. Wake up your day with new wake-up go-tos. Get two egg and cheese wraps for $2 or mix and match your favorite meats with two bacon, ham, sausage, or turkey sausage wraps for $3. America runs on Dunkin'. Participation may vary. Exclusion apply. Limited time offer. You're listening to 87.1 Caroline Radio, KCGN Bakersfield, and Blind Advocate Radio. This is Aaron Richmond, the host of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we talk about issues in the blindness community. You can find Aaron's Opinion uh, really almost anywhere you would get a podcast or on Twitter, on YouTube, and we're on Patreon. A very good afternoon to you. Um, everybody who's listening, and a very good afternoon to Carrie Morales, um, host or the host of Live Accessible, a YouTube channel. A couple weeks ago, you posted a video in our, in our support group on Facebook about the importance of basically educating the sighted community. This is a big issue for, for me. I mean, I'm a teacher by trade. When I'm not podcasting, I'm teaching. And educating people is a uh, kind of a constant constant project why don't you why don't you kind of walk our listeners through if they have not seen that particular video about educating people about the different experiences you've had um where people maybe came up to you in a yoga class and started asking questions if you could kind of walk us through the video i think that would be that would be really good so go from there absolutely thank you for having me on here erin um Actually, I, the reason why I made that video is I have been um, in the situation as well as watching social media with a lot of different posts from so many different people, um, basically venting out their frustrations on why the sighted community reacts to them in a certain way or people misunderstanding and making um, just judgments about other people. And so I was thinking about myself, including myself, because there's those times where you just make a snap decision. And when somebody says something to you that you just walk away, you get frustrated, you get mad. But I think it's really important to take a breath and stop and think about what your reaction is, because what is the goal? The goal should be, is it to make yourself feel better? Because if that's all it is, well, then go ahead. You can vent, you can rant, you can, you know, hit them with a cane. <laughs> and sometimes some people um, warrant that when they're being just completely rude or uh, completely offensive. But there are times where they're just asking a question or they really are ignorant. And I'm not saying that that's necessarily their fault, but they probably have never seen a blind person. Or it could be also that what they have seen has led them to believe that all blind people are a certain way, whether the, the person that they met before had another disability or maybe they were just having a bad day as well. And um, 
I think that's why it's so important for us if we really want people to change, if we want the mindset of the sighted community to change, we actually have to actively speak to them about our experiences and what it really means to be blind. And that blindness is a spectrum. We have to share all our grievances and our frustrations in a nice way to them so that they can realize what it really means to be blind. I guess that's it in a nutshell. <laughs> right, right. I, I hear what you're saying. I think that it it depends on the situation. Exactly. It, and this is this is easier said than done, and this is part of the problem, you mm -hmm. see, because the truth of it, at least in my life, and, and you don't you don't know me, as I was saying before I pushed record, I'd be happy to talk to you a little bit later today, maybe after I eat dinner or get my work done later, um, to kind of follow, kind of circle back and get back to you with more information about me. But um, I, I have found, I'll tell you for the first time that I have found that usually if people are asking questions, it does depend on the question. But in this day and age, if they have to ask a question, the truth of it is that usually they're too lazy to listen to the answer. And that if people are asking questions, it's not necessarily to learn, it's often to get a reaction out of the person you're asking the question about. For example, for example, people know me um, in the community, people know me in the podcasting community, and I'm a very abrupt uh, person. I am someone who, although I am a kind person, I do not come across that way uh, publicly. Um, so people oftentimes occasionally say silly things or make silly comments on videos simply to see if I'm willing to react to them. So I have found that the people who truly care are going to be the people who participate in podcasting, the people who come to podcasts, the people who guest on my podcast, you know, people like you, like so many others, um, are the types of people who care and who I will be willing to have an educated and informed discussion with. The vast majority of sighted people, I, I, I must tell you, truly, either they need to research it for themselves, find out the answers for themselves, or they need to stop asking silly questions. Occasionally someone asks me a good question and I appreciate it. But more, more often I'm finding that people are asking questions that they know are just silly and that they know that if they ask enough of those silly questions, they can get a reaction. So well, I, yes, yes, go ahead. I think that that's the most important part what kind of question they ask. Are they asking you something about blindness or are they try, trying to get a reaction out of you? I mean, obviously right. when they're trying to get a reaction out of you, well, then you can respond accordingly. But when it's an actual genuine question that comes out of ignorance, I don't necessarily agree that all sighted people sh should already know or um, should research it themselves. Um, because a lot of them, I mean, they just wake up, they go with, uh, to work, everybody they know is sighted, 
everything that they have experienced is in a sighted world. And so I don't think that everybody has had that exposure to somebody with a disability or somebody that is visually impaired or totally blind. And maybe, however, there are many talented YouTubers such as you who apparently produce great videos about this topic. I view it as it is extremely easy to research what the facts are without even answering the questions. I don't know. I'm certainly, I'm certain, understand I'm not, I'm not dismissing, I'm not at all dismissing your opinion at all. I'm just saying that I feel that at, at this point and in this day and age, I think that people need to do work, even put, you know, 1% effort forward to do some research about things. I mean, if you want to learn something on YouTube, just research it. It takes literally two seconds of your time to pull up information. You know, um, for example, I'll give you a, a example of it. For example, I love snakes. If I want to watch a video about snakes and keeping snakes as pets, I can research <laughs> that literally within 30 seconds, within five seconds, I can be connected with the best video for that topic. So to the sighted community, don't tell me that you can't research things about blind people on YouTube because there are many many YouTubers on YouTube, many YouTubers who are, who are speaking of redundancy, many YouTubers who, who are, who are blind, who are much more famous and much more talented than I for sure, and have a huge following and have probably covered the topic that you have the question about. That's all. That's, that's what I'm saying. I want, I, 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 want, I want people to ask questions and I'm open to it, but I also want people, it, because if you ask a really good question, that, that would show me that you had done some research. If someone asks me a really informed question, then I appreciate it because they're showing me that they're doing the research and thinking about it. But if they just ask a silly question, I'm, I'm starting to run out of patience for that. <laughs> So. <laughs> I agree. They can yeah. research it. It's very easy to find information. But when, when you are in <clears throat> a situation where you see something happening, I mean, most of the time people are not just going to pull out their phone and then start typing on YouTube. They'll, they'll, they'll probably tend to ask somebody the question before they, you know, go on to um, their phone to do that. Right. So that's all I'm talking about. And for sure. So can you, can you paint a, a, a picture for our listener? Can you tell, can you kind of give us a story about a time that someone asked you a really good question that you appreciated and, and kind of retell the story, if you will? Well, um, there's one um, situation where I, I do remember where a neighbor of mine, um, it was actually one of the first times that uh, I met her and me and my son were walking around the neighborhood and she stepped up to me and she said something uh i can't remember exactly what she asked me but she said would you like some help crossing the street and well i told her no thank you i don't need help and then she proceeded to ask what i am able to see and what I can't see. And then so from there, we started a dialogue about what visual impairment for me, how it affects me and what I can and cannot do because she wasn't sure. So in those cases, I think it's very easy to, to realize um, 
when it comes from a genuine uh, place from a person or when it comes for, from a uh, not so nice <laughs> way because it, like, especially in high school and in college, um, I was faced with a lot of people, students especially, who say, because I have something called nystagmus where my eyes uh, move around uncontrollably and I there's no way that I can stop that and it shakes basically. Um, and people would just ask me in the middle of a classroom, why are your eyes moving like that? I mean, obviously they have an audience. They have um, people that they want to point out a defect or what they see as a defect in me. And obviously in, in a situation like that, it's probably not the most um, genuine um, question from them. They probably don't really care why they just want to make fun of me. So, I mean, in those instances, it's, it's, it's very easy to see the difference. Mm -hmm. It's really, that's a, let me, let me go, let me unfold that a little further. I, I would be offended. I, I would be highly offended if someone asked me if I needed help crossing a street. So for me, as a blind person, that would be the end of the dialogue, not the beginning. That's it. That's interesting. But if someone asks me a question, a medical question, I'm more comfortable talking about that. So, well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes. I, I actually disagree. Uh, for, for me, I mean, it's good, my opinion sure. um, that, you know, if somebody's asking in a nice way, if, if somebody needs help, then I don't see any problem with that. They're not say, pulling me across the road. They didn't grab my arm and just shuffle me along. They're just asking me, oh, do you need some help? And I just kindly told her, no, I don't need help. And we started talking. So, it, I mean, it, it really depends because there have been instances where people do grab you and just help you <laughs> uh, unwilling as it might be. Um, and I think that that's what the difference is. I mean, I don't see... Mm. Um, because if it's the, the, the only, I don't know, it's, it's interesting. It's, 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 and this is why I have this show to talk about people's opinions about what's going on in the world, because it's really interesting. The only exception to it where I would not be offended and where I might even accept the help is if there is a snowstorm or an ice storm and it's super, super, super icy and the surface of the road is like super slick and slippery. And someone says, here, may I help you cross so that you don't slip or something like that. If there's some severe physical uh, obstacle in my path, then I would not be as offended. I might even allow the help at that point. Um, you know, if snow piles up or if there's something dangerous in the road or something, something like that, that's okay. But if it's just a normal day, then yeah, my opinion is sighted people need need to need to go about their business. That's <laughs> that's what I would. That's what I I wouldn't go. I wouldn't go up to a sighted person and say, "Hey, can I can I help can I help you cross the street?" Right. Well, if they if you saw that perhaps they were elderly and they were having trouble, maybe. I mean, I would think that. It might 
cross um, somebody's mind to do that. And so this is the thing that if, if you don't have that conversation about, oh, I am capable of doing this, mm -hmm. people are people who are blind are capable of doing this, then they'll probably always think that somebody who is blind needs help. So that that's my point. So if I'm glad that I was able to tell her that, you know, probably unless somebody's struggling, they probably don't need help. But if I never said that, then, uh, or she never came up to me and asked, and I, we didn't have that dialogue, she probably wouldn't have corrected her, her, um, her idea, her belief of, you know, blind people being incapable of crossing the road. Hmm. In very interesting. What have been some, what were some other other interesting experiences that you had? Well, every time so, we get into Uber, the um, that's people. a whole, that's, oh yeah. <laughs> I, have you, have you had a chance, have you had a chance to go through my catalog, my episodes? Um, not all of them. Uh, there was a few that I browsed. Um, because months and months ago, I put together an episode that the, the title of it is how to educate an Uber driver. Because Uber, <laughs> Uber, Uber is, is such a story. Tell me, well, tell me about, tell me about a, a story from Uber. The, okay. These, I mean, you could, do, you, you could literally have, the sad truth is you could have a career on YouTube just talking about Uber. Um, now, I, I will I will tell you before you tell the story, I will also tell you that in the defense of Uber drivers, there have been some crazy passengers that Uber drivers have gotten and Uber drivers have gotten injured themselves. So mm -hmm. it goes both ways. Um, there were some, yeah, there were some really disturbed people um, who got into lifts and Ubers and uh, the driver pra practically didn't even survive the trip. Um, so- And neither did their car. Or, or, or something. Um, so what do, so, so tell our listeners more about an Uber experience you had. Well, my, my biggest complaint with Uber, well, one of my biggest complaints, I have let me, let me get, let, wait, I know the, I know the answer before you even say, I, oh, I, really? I, I don't I, think so. I'm, I, there's, there's a rumor, there's a legend in the YouTube community that I'm a mind reader or something. Let me guess. They don't like your guide dog. No, I don't have a guide dog. Okay, well then what can possibly be the problem? If you don't have a guide dog for them to complain about, what can possibly be the problem? Okay. Well, well, okay. Now there are many Uber drivers, whether they have children or not. Ask me if I would like help attaching the car seat. I'm sorry, but this is one of those things that hmm. I think, especially when my son was um, pretty young and he wasn't able to walk or, you know, crawl or, you know, he was a newborn. And so they would ask um, if I would like help attaching a car seat that they don't even know how to do. I don't know why it is that they ask hmm. me. Well, and I think they would, they would ask that. I, okay. I think they would ask that because they know that you're in a stranger's car and you don't know how their car is set up or built. So see, that would be a perfectly logical question. It, I mean, it's kind of weird to like get into someone else's car that you aren't used to being in with your own car seat. That's kind of weird to begin with. Un un understandable and totally okay, but also understandable. And then for you to, and then for them to expect you to know how to use their car, it, that's kind of strange. 
I can understand why. why it's pretty I would... standard. I, I would say it's pretty standard. So oh, I mean, okay. Whether... All right. Well, I, you know what, and you, and you know what else is is the truth about me is that honestly, I'm single and I don't, I do not have children. <laughs> so I wouldn't, I wouldn't necessarily know that. I didn't know that that that, that feature was standardized with all the different cars. Yes, I it's pretty. It's pretty standard. It's um, you just you just use the seat belt for all of them and you just loop the seat belt through and I mean the seat belt you can find the seat belt very very easily I mean it's pretty standard on every car mm -hmm. and and like especially when it's somebody who doesn't even know what a car seat is or it looks like they don't even know what a child is um right they right. they asked for me specifically to uh if I need assistance and <sighs> I just don't see how they are able to help. They think they are, but they're not even, they don't even know where to start. And then mm. they want to, um, and in some instances it requires them taking charge of my son to be able to put this, the, the, the car seat in. And I mean, that's just mm. boggles my mind that they would think that it would be okay for me to give them my newborn son. I, I don't know. Yeah, you know that's not that's not okay, <laughs> not okay. But I I understand why they would be. I understand why they would ask, and I understand why they would be confused. The other the other example um, that they I all, can. Mm -hmm. Okay, oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. No, 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 no worries. The other example about car seats. Um, now I I listened. I, I watched your video, and I I, I might be confused. Um, but are you, but are you from Venezuela? No, my husband is. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay, okay. So the the the, re the the reason I would ask that is because car seats are not always common in other countries. Uh, many Uber drivers, some of them come from overseas. Um, for example, in the part of the country where I was where I was living when I was using Uber, a lot of them uh, came from you know Ghana, Nigeria, mm -hmm. Cameroon, you know um, Pakistan, India. Um, you know, the Middle Eastern countries. Now, obviously it varies from country to country, but car seats are not common in every single country. So perhaps, I don't know, maybe the driver was from a country where they don't use car seats. It's, it sounds strange, but it wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. Uh, my brother, I have one brother, you see, Carrie, and he was actually born in Seoul, Korea in 1998. And my parents adopted him when he was a baby. And when he was a, when he was first, a, you know, when he was a really little baby, he wasn't used to traveling in a car seat because in Korea in the 90s, they didn't use car seats. They just hold the baby in their lap. Back mm -hmm. then. So it's not for for an Uber driver to be puzzled by it. It's again, it's not appropriate, but it's I, I, I can actually in this situation, I can understand where the confusion would stem from. Yeah. So when when this happens how how do you resolve this issue when it happens well the first few times i just lost my mind and glared at them quite fiercely and said absolutely not um but you know my my husband is actually the one who told me to to you know to calm down and they're just trying to help quote unquote and so you know it's it's you just really have to take a breath and um just talk to them and say no that you don't need help that you know you're perfectly capable of doing it whether you're blind or not and it, just to your point of them not knowing much about car seats then that i think that that's more reason for them not to offer help 
because especially True. if they're not yeah. familiar with it, they should not offer it. And also Uber drivers, sometimes they ask me whether I'm alone or, or with uh, my family, if I need help getting into the car. <laughs> and um, I don't know if they ask that to sighted people. I, I don't think so unless they, they, they perhaps they're inebriated and they might need some help. But um, oftentimes they just see my white cane and then they assume, oh, do you need help getting into the car? And that's, that's a time where I think that, you know, there's more danger in crossing the road than into getting into a car. I mean, that's where I think that it, they go too far. <laughs> without, without doubt, it's extremely dangerous for blind people. Um, I mean, it's extremely dangerous for, I mean, really, when you think about it, Uber is, is the, the app itself is safe. I mean, it's, it's a great app to use. It's safe. But the social concept of getting into a stranger's car has always been dangerous. I mean, mm -hmm. that's basically what you're doing. You're trusting a stranger to not hurt you. So Uber's the the concept of uber is a brilliant one but the 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 issue is that it doesn't the the app does not i guess alleviate or eliminate the danger that always exists when you get into a stranger's car i mean you know same can be said for taxis you know mm -hmm. you're you're trusting a stranger to drive you from point a to b without without hurting you along the way so mm -hmm. um <clears throat> so I mean, yeah, that's that's concerning. I I will I will tell you, and I have in the past. I have written letters. I have you know documented these types of problems with Uber. I myself have um, faced uh, immense discrimination from Uber uh, as it relates to guide dogs. A lot of the drivers don't want guide dogs, and. I think it's really sad, actually, because most Uber drivers that I experienced were actually fine with my guide dog. Um, it was just a couple that, you know, ruined the experience mm -hmm. for everyone. And that's kind of how it really is in every industry. So I guess, mm -hmm. you know, but it, it doesn't it doesn't make it OK and it doesn't make it any any easier or better, you know. Yeah, um, absolutely. I do know some people actually hide before they get, um, when they call an Uber, if they have a guide dog, they'll have somebody else approach the car, open the door, and then they'll proceed to get into the car when Uber is already there and the door is already open and they can't just drive away. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's a problem. That's, that's a strategy that's quite common. Um, and I, I don't until, I mean, it, it, it's, is, I, I don't think I don't think this problem will go away. So I think blind people need to have good strategies for managing for managing that type of thing. Mm -hmm. yes, yeah, absolutely. And Uber and, needs to come up with I don't know a way to ameliorate the faults of the drivers when it comes to um, refusing guide dogs. Well, um, I, for, for personal reasons, I keep my location uh, undisclosed. It's a bit of a long story. I don't know what state you're from, um, but 
I do know that in the state of California, I believe that the that there is some sort of a law in California um, that says that the Uber drivers need to, you know, need to stop being discriminatory, basically. Um, and that they, in a in a nutshell, they decided in California that um, when you work for Uber, you are not working for yourself. You're working in a mode of public transportation. Mm-hmm. So they've decided it for California. Now, that but doesn't would, that apply to the whole United States, though? I, I'm not what I so, understand. Is so for the for this episode, so for listeners, I, I'm not I'm not sure. Okay. Um, I was under at one point. I was under the impression that they went to some sort of a federal judge in the state of California. The mm-hmm. I mean, I haven't I haven't read the case in a very long time. I would need to refresh my memory, but I think the case was heard by a federal by a federal judge at some point. If it was, then it might impact the entire country. It might mean that all Uber drivers have to do that in all 50 states and territories. I, but the answer is, I don't think so, and I don't know. I'm sure there are loopholes. Yeah. Well, I would just like to have self-driving cars, and then we wouldn't have to deal with random strangers <laughs> picking us up and taking us all over the place where we need to go. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think that the self-driving cars, I think that's kind of a long ways away. I think we're, you know, ten, at least 10 years away from that. So um, until, <laughs> until, we, until we truly get there, I think that we will have to have to deal with this problem. The, the only other thing, you know, just dealing with the topic of Uber, which is always an interesting one, <laughs> is, the, is the concept of ratings and a rating system. Now, I will, I will tell you that I, I work for Company X, as I like to call it. And at Company X, we, we have ratings. Students can rate teachers. So I understand the importance of maintaining an appropriate rating. Um, Fortunately, I have been employed by Company X for five years. Um, ratings are are critical. The problem that I see that I've heard with Uber is that the Uber drivers can rate the passengers. So they need to develop some sort of a rating algorithm where the driver can't rate the passenger or something where if you're blind, if there's a different rating, so they would have to create some sort of a different rating system for dealing um, with that so that blind people don't get pushed out of Uber and don't get discriminated out of Uber. But I, I, don't, I don't think that would ever happen because I think that if you get into a stranger's car, the driver of the car is, will always have some chance to discriminate against you. And it's very sad and very unfortunate. We're coming, yes. up, we're coming up on a hard break, as I like to say, we'll be right back.
Welcome back, listener. This is Aaron Richmond, host of Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people, where we're certainly talking about issues in the blindness community. Okay, um, so now we're back with Carrie Morales, host of or host of the uh, Live Accessible channel here on YouTube. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that with with Uber, there will always be a constant issue of going both ways, drivers getting hurt, which does happen, and blind people getting discriminated against with by drivers, which does happen. So it's kind of a type, it's kind of the type of problem where I'm not entirely sure there is a, a complete fix, you know, a complete solution to it. Um, but what are some what are some other issues that that you have seen or some other stories that you can that you can tell our listener? Well, I do want to also mention that it's not always about questions um, the, sure. where we can educate people. But yeah. for example, an example that I, comes to my mind is uh, my husband, um, who is totally blind. Um, whenever he goes to the hospital, usually a somebody who is um, aiding him in guiding where he needs to go usually um, grabs his arm. And it's just something simple like this. And you would think that in a hospital where I'm sure um, it's not the only blind person who, who visits there, um, that they would know not to do that. So those are the instances where I, I know that it's very easy to, to be angry at that or that kind of handling. But instead of doing that, um, you know, you can stop. And this is what he does, he stops. And he tells them, you know, how to actually guide a blind person. And that way, in the future, when they do come to another person who is blind, um, they know what to do. Yeah, yeah, I would not, I would tell you, I would not respond well to that, to that behavior. Um, it is, it is quite common, though. I see it a lot. It's very, very, very common. Mm -hmm. And I understand the frustration and the, and the anger you can feel and um, reacting in, in a, a, a very negative way to that, um, to basically hand, manhandling you. And, and I mean, I can appreciate that. But at the same time, uh, you know, if we talk to them and we correct it instead of only getting mad, um, you know, that's when they can have an experience to um, really change and alter their actions instead of just like, oh, okay, he's really mad <laughs> or something like that. It'll probably stick to them better. I would, I mean, I would hope so. I mean, if you're, anytime you're able to successfully educate someone, go and do it. I mean, I completely support that. But I, I am frustrated as you can tell i'm frustrated by the frequency at which people need to be educated that that is the the problem that i am seeing more and more and more is that people who should know how to behave are not able to do so and i really i really want to know why that is I want to know why we were having such a hard time. I mean, I, I understand. Oh, is it, yes, is, yes. Is it the same people that you have to speak to? It's not necessarily the same people, but it's the same types of environments. Um, you know, 
hospitals, mm -hmm. public buildings, airports. Oh gosh. Okay. The, the worst, <laughs> worst, worst, worst. Um, I'm not going to make a big scene on my podcast about it, but it was so bad that I had to actually write a, a complaint. I had to complain to a CEO of an airline about the way I was treated. Um, so I, I don't, I'm not going to tell you I sympathize with people who work at airports. I don't. Um, that, that's, that, that's, you're kind of on my naughty list if you work at an airport. So if you, so if you're listening and work at an airport, maybe, maybe lie to me and tell me, and tell me you're, I don't know, the manager of a sports team or something. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I do find that at certain parts of society over and over and over again are just not, are just not getting it year in and year out. So, I think, yeah, I think that the change will have to come from both each individual blind person and educating everybody that we come in contact with as well as from the top down. So the people in charge of these airports and hospitals, when they train their employees, they really need to talk to them about how to handle people with disabilities and what is right, the so why so they aren't though they and exactly my, and my point they is should. and my yeah they should there's yeah they should no 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 kidding there's i mean my point is if the people are not getting it it's it's evident to me that either two things are happening probably a combination of these either number 1 Either they are the people who are in the leadership of these organizations, airports, hospitals. I mean, it's two totally different, obviously two different cycles of leadership, obviously, mm -hmm. but whoever the leaders, leaders are in these types of organizations, either they are choosing not to educate their staff on how to behave, or they are just using the excuse of, well, we don't have the money for the training. But neither, neither of those is an excuse for your staff to not know how to behave. So I, I, I'm, I'm kind of not feeling bad about this type of thing because it's the 21st century. You know, there's going to there's gonna come a time where people need to teach themselves how to fish for the rest of their life. I can't keep catching your fish, you know? So at some point, sorry, but at some point, man, you got you to get it together. <laughs> and for the people who can't get it together, well, quite frankly, maybe you don't deserve that job then, right? If you can't, if you can't do a job, it's nothing personal. If you can't do it, why are you doing it, right? I mean, you know, would you, would you get into, again, back to Uber, would you get into the same Uber with the same driver if you know every time you get in, they crash their car and you end up in the hospital and you skin your knee? Of course not. That would be, that would be the definition of, of insanity which is what I'm seeing in these types of industries. They do the same thing and expect different results, meaning they continuously, not, they continuously do not train people, in my opinion. And in my opinion, they expect us to continuously train their people every single time. And sorry, but you know what? As a teacher, I love teaching people who want to learn. That's why all my students want to learn. So I love teaching them. But if you have to keep going back and teaching and teaching and teaching the same people who can't learn, Sorry, man, I, my, my patience evaporates, you know? So I think, I think it's a, I think, I think it's great that you, you're into this thing of, you know, educating people as much as possible. No, no harm there, but 
I'm, I'm, I'm frustrated by how little of an effect all of this education has had. I don't know. Does, is, is any of this making, making sense to you? Do you, do you see, do, do you see my opinion in, in any of this? I understand where you're coming from, but again, I mean, it's, the reality is that this world and most people are not blind and most people are not visually impaired. So there is that huge tide that we fight against. And I understand that it can be frustrating doing that all the time, but at the same time, we have to understand that, you know, I guess we're also, there's so, there's actually a minority of us who are blind and visually impaired. So in a way we have to do that. Or, I mean, we can stay there and wait for somebody else to do it and train um, people or all we can do is do it ourselves. Yeah, I mean, what, and what, what concerns me though is, yeah, yes, I, I, I agree with what you're saying, but, company, but companies need, need to be able to train their staff appropriately because yes. a, a, a successful company should know what the facts are and they should be able to train their staff, right? If they, and if you can't train your staff, then you can't run the ship, right? Who would, mm -hmm. who would want to be, who wants to be on a, who wants to be on a sailboat in the middle of the ocean with no motor, right? Mm -hmm. So if you're that type of ship with no sails and no motor in the middle of the ocean, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get an airplane and fly over you. I don't want to be on your ship. That's just how, <laughs> that's just the analogy. That's just how I see it, right? Yeah, I agree. Why, why should, why, and why should we be spending taxpayer dollars every year on these services, hospitals, right? Airports, public transportation. Why should we be taxed for it if, if you don't, if you don't return the favor with appropriate service? Mm -hmm. I agree. So, it, you know, I, 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 I do understand that, you know, that you want to educate people over and over again, and that there's no harm in that. And at the same time, it's setting the precedent for them never really learning. Because then if they know, well, if Carrie comes back in six months, she'll just tell me again, and then I'll learn it again. You know what I mean? It's like, it's like students at school, right? Saying that, well, I don't have to do good on the test because they'll just let me take it over. Well, yeah, but remember, again, it's not the same people that we are talking to. It might be different, completely different. Well, people. they might be, they might be different individuals. Sure. That's true. Mm -hmm. But if they're working in the same, in the same location, they need to be able to do the same job. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I group it together as it kind of is the same. I mean, you know, just, just, just saying, um, you know, <laughs> An interesting um, take on training is um, I used to work at a company that actually um, does hire a lot of um, blind and visually impaired people. Sure, so, and they had yeah, a so tell me more. Yes, yeah, so by the way, so tell me, tell us more about your, your background and how you got into YouTube and stuff like that. Sure. Um, well, uh, let me finish what I was going to say first sure, and then sure. I'll get back into that. Um, so they actually had something called, I think it was called Blind Sight or something, where they would go, uh, a group of um, blind people would go to either a school, a company, a hospital, uh, a business like Sam's Club or Walmart or some, something like that, Food Lion. Um, and they would actually talk to the employees um, as part of a training that they would do. And then they would blindfold the employees 
and then the blind people would proceed to guide them using the and teach them um, how somebody with a cane would um, travel and they would take them from point A to point B with those blindfolds on and them leading um, and that is part of how they would um, train local um, business em um, employees. So what would you think about that? What's your opinion on that? I think that's great. If the, if the employees are willing to actively learn and actively listen, and if they retain the information, then it's, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. No, I'm being yeah. serious. Are they, are they actually willing to learn or were they willing yes. to, to receive? Well, then good. Yes, and, and they actually partnered with the, the businesses to do those trainings. So I think that's, a, that's one way to go about it. it. It puts the employees in the position where they're not just watching a video or hearing somebody talk about it, but experiencing it. So I think that adds another layer to the training. It does, and that's, that's interesting, yes. And then your journey in, in YouTube, how long have you been, been a YouTuber? Um, since 2018, actually, um, I, um, I used to work at a low vision center. And so I would be surrounded with technology, um, assistive technology and patients and different clients who would need, of course, different um, things, whether it's um, a low vision specialist, we also have one there and different magnifiers or when they're totally blind talking products or um, screen readers and all that kind of thing. And so I would help clients uh, when they first learned they were visually impaired or when they have been so for a while. And I was just thinking of everything that I um, knew and all the, tips and products that I have used in the past that has helped me uh, with accessibility. And so I wanted to share that. And I've really wanted to start, I wanted to start a YouTube channel since probably in high school. Um, and when I pregnant and I decided to stay at home and become a stay at home mom, I actually said this would be a great opportunity to start the YouTube channel. And that's what I did in starting in 2000. Um, I think it was 2018 or 17. I'm not quite sure, um, but it's been f a few years. And so I just share a lot of technology, uh, daily living tips and just encouragement or just things that I want to share. And that's actually how I started my YouTube channel. Excellent. Cool. Cool. And do you also have a podcast? Do you have a podcasting side of the YouTube? No, I don't have a podcast. Um, I do have a, an interview series, which I host just on the YouTube channel. Mm. Um, and I, I, at least I'm going to start that back up. Um, me and my husband, my family has been going through a lot recently. Um, so I actually just came back from a bit of a break off of YouTube. Um, but I'm going to be starting that up again soon. Excellent. Good. Cool. Cool. Who have been some um, interesting, what, what have been some interesting interviews you've done in the past in that series? Um, I have actually been doing interviews with other um, blind and visually impaired YouTubers. Um, and I, I, 
hold on. There was one who is totally blind and she's an artist. She does acrylic painting. And that was very interesting mm. as well as, um, now I can't remember <laughs> who I did interviews with, but I, I do want to do an interview with Sam from The Blind Life um, and possibly even in the future of uh, Molly Burke. That would be interesting. <laughs> I, funny you, funny you name drop. Um, that's fine. Um, I have, um, that's, I'll tell, I'll tell you, I'll tell you off, off the air. That's, I'll tell, I'll, I'll give you more information about that later. That's, those are, those are two very, very, very interesting people. Yeah. There's some, there are some YouTubers um, who are not blind, who are sighted, I guess, who I wouldn't mind interviewing either just because they're, they're really cool. Um, <clears throat> in the remaining, um, and the other thing, uh, Carrie, I, I feel bad. Uh, you came in um, it's not, it's not your fault, but you came in slightly late with the, we got hung up with the audio at first. You have about six minutes and then I'm going to need to kind of run. Um, so basically, um, where would you like to end our, our interview today? And by the way, um, I want to review with the listener that everything I said today is my opinion about society and about the world. Nothing I said was a fact. Um, and I certainly hope, Carrie, that none of this bothered you, by the way. Oh, absolutely uh, not. We can thank, share our disagreements or our uh, Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I do understand that my, my opinions are, are sometimes a bit abrasive, especially about, especially about this kind of thing, this, <laughs> these frustrating things. Other topics, I'm a little lighter, but I think this is a serious one where I need to express and explain why I'm so frustrated about this. And, I, and listener, I, I hope you can understand and relate to it, you know? But, but Carrie, why don't you end us... Um, give some give some concluding thoughts today well honestly i i understand everything that you have pointed out and it can really really be frustrating and often very offensive but at the same time you know if we put that aside i think there there are times where we can educate people who are open um, number one, that's the biggest issue to being open to being corrected on their um, ideas about disability and being visually impaired. So I think that if we take that time to actually talk to them and not just uh, jump off the wall or, or just walk away, but, you know, take a little bit of time to just talk to them and tell them our experiences and um, that they shouldn't make these kinds of assumptions about whatever disability, um, you know, it could affect them in a positive way. And next time that they meet um, somebody who's blind or visually impaired, they'll, they'll remember what you said, hopefully, <laughs> and they will react in a better way. One can only hope. One can only <laughs> as, as I say, I have found that I have found that people who, you know, some of these people who need all these corrections are also people who just are not, you know, are not really the type to make the changes for themselves, you know, so it's, it's kind of, a, it's kind of a circular argument, you know, but I've, 
I don't know. I'm not. I'm not seeing the the, the changes that need to be that need to be made um, for a lot of these issues with public transportation, dealing with people in in public places. It's just, you know. Well, I think it's something of a long term goal. I mean, obviously, it's not going to change tomorrow. But if you look back decades ago, I think that society has progressed. And so we can only hope that as time passes, that it'll get better. We can only hope. <laughs> what types of things um, do you do uh, in your in your free time, by the way? Free time, being a mom and a yeah. content creator and having free time. <laughs> no, um, I do like to read. I mm. listen to audiobooks all the time, um, music sometimes, and um, I do like do, with my mom. Um, we'd sing. She plays the piano. I play the flute occasionally. No, um, I played the I played the flute for a long time. Oh, really? All through schooling and university. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow, I played since I was in third grade and I was in marching band um, and we went to Disney World and marched there and um, I just like going on the computer as well, writing, whether it's just watching YouTube, browsing, that kind of thing. And well, gardening, a little bit of gardening. We've been trying to grow some tomatoes over here, but... My last, my last guest really likes gardening, in fact, so that's, that's interesting. That's great. We've been trying to, but we haven't met the, um, too much success with um, the larger tomatoes. But, yeah, it's tricky. Mm. It's tricky. Every time my parents tried to set up tomatoes, the squirrels would stop by and eat the tomatoes before we could eat the tomatoes. <sighs> when we that's... first planted them, there were two tomato plants missing, the whole plant. <laughs> Somebody fun. walked away with it. Someone, some, some squirrel, probably. You've been listening. You've been listening. Thank, by the way, thank you, Carrie. I do need, I do need to go. Um, I will get in touch with you a little later today. You've been listening uh, to Aaron's Opinion, the podcast for blind people. Don't forget, you can listen to Aaron's Opinion almost anywhere you get your podcast on YouTube. Follow us on Twitter and on Patreon. Have a good day today and a great day tomorrow. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining, and the grandest payouts. Now offering stay and play and all in packages, including $50 free slot play, VIP parking, VIP casino access, and more. Book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills. Must be 21. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER. Come stay and play at Live Casino and Hotel. Welcome to one of the biggest casinos in the country with luxurious clean rooms, upscale dining in the grandest payouts now offering stay and play and all in packages including $50 free slot play VIP parking VIP casino access and more book now at livecasino.com or call 443-445-2929 at Arundel Mills must be 21 please play responsibly for help visit mdgambling.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER